Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. My name's Sarah Jervis. I'm a staff nurse in Prop Assessment Clinic at the North Norwich Hospital. And I'm also a full-time carer for my mum, who is 94 years old. We're talking today about Sarah's experience of being a carer. Now, interestingly, many carers don't see themselves as carers, as it can be difficult to see the caring role as separate from the relationship they have with that person. So let's start with the definition of being a carer. So it's anyone who looks after a family member, partner or friend who needs help because of their illness, frailty, disability, mental health problem or an addiction and cannot cope without their support. So, Sarah, tell me about your experience of being a carer with your mum. I've been a carer for my mum for quite a few years, actually. I would say on and off for a good 10 years because she got registered blind about 10 years ago, partially sighted. She's got macular degeneration. I was also carer for my stepdad as well because he was registered blind as well and he had Alzheimer's. So I didn't live with them then, but I live with my mum now. But I, I was there more or less their carer taking them shopping and guiding them you know because neither of them could see very well Um, but now I am a full-time carer for my mum I've been living with her since 2019 that actually was quite good because that was just the year before Covid struck and I really don't think she would have coped at all she's 94 now 95 in July she's frail she's got quite a few health problems and she's now um, on palliative care pathway so I need to be here all the time with her basically. It's a lot isn't it it's it's a big shift I guess in in your family yes. life to, to move in with your mum and, and take yes. care of her. How, how, yes. What impact did that have on you and your family? Well I haven't got a partner um, I'm divorced but I, ha- I am lucky that I've got two sons and four grandchildren who all live in Norfolk so they support me when they can they're very good in supporting me Um, my brother unfortunately is up in Yorkshire so he really can't get down very often but um, you know we talk on the phone and he supports me that way but yeah it, it is hard because I can't get out unless someone comes and sits with my mum basically and relieves me so I I do get quite isolated but I wouldn't have it any other way (laughs) but she's my (laughs) mum. Do you have any support then from sort of in those moments when you might want to say go and do something for yourself and have some time do you have a support network who can come and sit with that do you use sort of caring organisations as well as sort of family and friends? I have actually found carers breaks and Actually, yesterday, I got out for five hours (laughs) because someone called Ryan came from that organisation. I got hold of them through Carers Matters. I've done a lot through Carers Matters, actually. And I eventually, he came and did an assessment with me to talk to me about my mum and her needs. And I was actually able to get out for five hours yesterday. And oh my goodness, that was, it's not that I want a break from my mum, it's just I need to get out and get fresh air, get exercise, do lots of little errands and things like that. Yeah, and have a coffee. (laughs) And it was, it was, it it 
when I come back, I come back quite refreshed. Absolutely. And I think that's so important, isn't it? Like they say that we are a life raft if you're a carer or, or even you know a parent or anybody who, who looks after somebody, you are a life raft. And if there's no air in that raft, you can't yes. support the person. So it's so important that you get that yes. help. Yes. Even if you go out for coffee and you, you do people watching, that's just lovely. <laughs> it's better than the four walls because, you know, it's we had bad weather and I haven't been able to get outside. And yes, I've, I have felt like I felt a bit trapped, actually, sometimes. Unless you're in this house 24 hours, I don't think you understand. I mean, my sons and their, you know, my daughter-in-laws, they understand. But yeah, unless you are in that position and you're living through it, you, you I don't think you can understand it, really. But, you know, I, as I said, I wouldn't change it you know I want to look after my mum. No I agree I think it's quite it can be quite physically demanding as well as mentally can't it you know especially yes. if you are the sole yes. carer you've got to deal with bedtime you've got to deal with getting yes. up in the morning and you know yes. how do you find that side of things? At, at the moment my mum is in a hospital bed upstairs finding it really tiring going up and down stairs. <laughs> She's got a stair lift and I'm quite tempted to use <laughs> but yes I don't know how many times I climb those stairs and come down and, and it's not because she's demanding it's because you know I, I do the, the meals I take those up I do the drinks take those up but I don't want to stay down downstairs all the time I want to keep her company and talk to her so you know yeah physically and mentally demanding it is that's talking about in the house but obviously you know you, you mentioned you need to to take her out to appointments to go to the doctors and and all sorts so we're going to come on to the carer's identity passport in a moment but before you had the passport tell me a bit about what it was like to take your mum to an appointment we had really quite a bad experience when she went in hospital in 2020 and I appreciate it was in COVID times but I wasn't allowed in the ambulance I wasn't allowed to go in hospital with her and communication with the ward was dreadful and it was just a nightmare to be quite honest because being partially sighted and she's also got two hearing aids so she's hard of hearing as well she was really isolated I felt isolated at home she felt isolated at hospital she was put in a single room and really I know I'm a nurse, but the, the nurses, I don't think they understood what it's like to be partially sighted and you can't see what's put in front of you, you know, like food, even opening some sandwiches or something like that. You know, my mum needs help with that sort of thing. Yeah, she came out of there quite traumatised, to be quite honest. But she's been in hospital February of this year and I had the carer's identity passport and it was fantastic <laughs> really good experience really good interesting so let's talk a bit more about that so for anyone who doesn't know about the carer's identity passport this is something that was launched in november 2022 by carer's voice norfolk and waveney and it's a real collaboration from feedback that was received from carers across norfolk local nhs trusts including ours nchnc uh, collaborated with carers and local carer organizations to co-produce this carer's identity passport and the idea behind it is to ensure that carers are recognized and can get the help and support they require so it sounds Sarah like you really did get that help what kind of a difference did it make 
so I wore it as a lanyard around my neck. As soon as I knew she was going in hospital, I put it on. <laughs> and it, it enabled them to identify me as a carer and not just a relative. It, I was a relative and a carer and I knew my mum inside out. And I think that that's what it's all about. As a carer, you know that person more than anyone does. And I was able to, you know, explain to them her needs. And uh, yeah, they were so good. They they looked after me as well, <laughs> basically. Um, and they respected my ideas when we were having discussions about her health. And they involved me. And I think that passport made a whole load of difference in involvement. You know, they allowed me to go in, visit her at any time. I didn't have to wait for visiting times they didn't ask me who I was visiting because they got to know me you know out of hours they had allowed me to go in and make a bed for her and change her night in all those sort of things which is what I would do at home it made it a lot better for her she felt it wasn't a stranger doing it all the time it was me that makes a lot of difference especially to for, for a female to a female as well that's fascinating. I didn't think of all of those different elements to it. I sort of assumed that you would it would allow you to sort of get into reception and they would know who you were and you could tell them what she would want, you know, speak mm. with her for her, that kind of thing. But I had no idea it went as deep as that, that you could yes. get really involved in the care because like you say, yes. you would have been doing that anyway. Yes, it did on this ward that they were absolutely fantastic. You know, I sat there helping her eat her dinner one day and uh, the charge nurse bought me a dinner I said no you don't need to give me dinner he said but you are helping us so I think in a way you know I, I was helping their staff I was another member of staff basically because I was helping her you know feeding washing dressing yes it, they enabled me to do all that and I was so pleased and she was so pleased as well. And that's the main thing, isn't it? That she's yeah. comfortable in an unknown situation where it can be, you can feel very vulnerable, yeah. very exposed yeah. to yes. have that comfort around you. And and like you mm. say, you know, you were helping out. So if, say, you know, the sandwich was put in front of her and she couldn't see to open it, she'd ring her call bell mm. and someone would have to come. Whereas actually, if you're there, you can do yes. it for her. You are relieving yes. the staff yes. of those duties. It, it's yes. a win-win. Yes, yes. And a lot of carers do like to, you know, they do like to go and help. You know, they don't want to sit at home and keep ringing up and finding out how they are. And it was just amazing. It made such a difference to her as well. You know, it's like a safety blanket for her, really. That's how I can explain it. It, it helped. And then I was allowed to go down to canteen and, and get food a bit more reduced and the parking was a bit reduced as well so it's, yes it just sort of it breaks down a barrier I think people will help you if it's it's like when um you've got the Alzheimer's badge on people identify that and they help you if they can see carers um, identity passport on your badge they come to help you and make things more accessible for you they are more caring towards you as a carer and that person you're caring for it's so interesting you say that because I think carers by definition are focused on giving that care to their loved one you say you haven't got your lanyard on it's such a 
a rigmarole to sort of almost put your hand up and say look I've got I need this I need this and you almost don't want to ask because you think oh I've just you're so exhausted (laughs) and actually you just want people to just do it you know Um, so if you're wearing the lanyard it sort of stops you having to ask all the time you know which I think takes a bit of pressure off doesn't it yes I mean when I see people wearing a lanyard I automatically look down to see what it says (laughs) it's that visibility isn't it And I think as well, keeping the conversation going, keeping the discussions going about what caring responsibilities actually mean, what it means for the person who is a carer. Like we said earlier on, you know, it's tiring. It's mentally and physically draining. It's, you know, but you also have that almost battle with yourself that you you don't want to spend time away from her. But at the same time, you know, you have to to recharge and how important that is. And it's like you just want other people to recognize that. Yes, exactly. Oh, you've taken the words out of my mouth. (laughs) It's yeah. important to ask for help. And that help is out there. And the beauty yes. of this passport is that actually you you don't necessarily have to ask for everything now. No. You know? My mum was a carer for my stepdad who had macular and Alzheimer's. And I could see her getting really, really ill. She was like on a roundabout that she couldn't get off. And I feel sometimes I'm on that, that I try and get off. <laughs> um, because she ended up in hospital quite ill from it. Because uh, she got exhausted, she actually went in and she was quite dehydrated because she'd just forgotten to drink. Basically, she'd forgotten to, you know, do anything like normal things, drink a cup of tea because she'd been so busy caring for him. So I, that's always in the back of my mind that you know I'm not going to get like that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to get myself ill because I won't be able to care for her then, will I? I must, I must admit, I found Carers Matters really useful because they have opened up such hot doors for me. And one of those was the Carers Identity Passport. They, they sent me the link and then I applied for it and got it quite quickly. It's opened up so many doors for me and it's made life a lot easier for me and for my mum. It was just reassuring, especially this last time she was in hospital and... Um, it was, it was just lovely, actually. It, compared to her last time in hospital when I didn't have her, it was it was a godsend. I think the education on it is is paramount, really. There are leaflets, and you know you 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 see it advertised, but I think maybe more in depth education on it would be quite good. I didn't really know what it was going to help me with until I started using it. To be quite honest. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with NCHC. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes. You can also follow NCHC on all social media channels.